This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American chicken tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner. Uh, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today um all right i think that's everything we can get into today's episode uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to a another episode of the chase thomas podcast we're taping this on a monday morning in our freezing house in atlanta because the heat was not on last night so uh, I, I, I blame Georgia. Extra raspy today. What'd you say? I blame Georgia. Yeah, because it was nice yesterday. So our uh, heating and air in our house just uh, did not did not change things. So I woke up freezing my ass off this morning, along with Noah Clark, because Noah from Ponco is here and he also lives with me. Yeah, we do live together. Kind no, of you're like upstairs, freezing. so you're in your own little uh, husky echo chamber upstairs <laughs> fur and clothes everywhere it's awesome how is kev he's good he uh he's laying here on bed in the bed with me there's too much okay. information well we might get uh, some kev yawns or kev talks somewhere on the podcast at some point we'll, we'll have to see he is the mascot it, i think of the podcast it's probably gonna happen um because he hasn't gone to the bathroom yet and uh oh perfect thank you it's usually when he starts talking. Well, um, his favorite spot apparently for the last week has been in the house. <laughs> yeah, Dunkles. 
Don't know what's telling me about that. I don't know why. Uh, maybe he's just like trying to be a be an asshole for some reason. But I, every morning I take him out, I watch him poop. He comes back in and he just tries to piss you guys off some more. So maybe he doesn't like us anymore. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But nothing has right. changed. Like I have, our routine has been the same. Yeah. Well, it was funny seeing Duncan come back in the house yesterday uh, after walking Kev for a little bit because Kev like tried to pull him everywhere. And uh, Kev doesn't know that Duncan's not the one to chase after him if he really pulls him off the leash. And uh, it's like that's that's it. No more Kev if that happens. I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and you wouldn't even mad. Like if I did that, you would be very hurt. But if Kev broke away from Duncan in mid walk and just ran away and you never saw him again, you'd be like. Chalk one up to the game. That uh, I understand where you're coming from. You couldn't chase him. He's a he's a dog. You're right, Dunk. And did you expect Duncan to chase after a dog? No. Yeah. yeah. He, he he wouldn't say anything either. He wouldn't text you after. He would wait until you got home, <laughs> and you're just like, "Where's Kev?" And Dunk's like, "Oh, he gone." Like, oh yeah. Like, oh <laughs> oh. Like gone gone. Oh yeah. He he's gone. And I was like, "All right." And that's it. You never hear or see Kev ever again. Oh god, I hope that never happens. I mean, I don't either, but that's—I mean—that's reality. I am very confident in that assessment it's of a how things would go. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, another possibility is that we got a Western Conference Finals preview yesterday, um, round yeah, three, uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers, which was technically a home game for the Clippers, but uh, did not come off as a home game for the Clippers on television. Yeah. Uh, especially early on with the Avery Bradley stuff getting in on uh, Pat Bev and things like that. You're like, oh, this this crowd is at least overwhelmingly uh, Laker fans. And it was that was kind of awkward with all the Clipper stuff on the uh, court and everything. And it felt like a home game for them. But um, I mean, that's how it's always think, been. Though, eh? Yeah, but it. it I would. It's fine that it's always been like even with the CP3 Blake stuff. It was fine, but like mm-hmm. now you you have Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have enough where it's like you would assume that they have enough of a fan base at this point, this point because it's been like ten years almost of really good basketball. Where there's got to be a lot of kids who became Clipper fans in LA at like ten years old and are like twenty now. There got to be mm-hmm. enough of them where they're building at least some level of fans, uh, kind of like what the Nets are probably going to do um, over the next couple of years. But I I guess it's still going to take a lot more time. And, you know, maybe they get the Inglewood stuff with Balmer and moving will help that. But um, do you think everybody is overreacting to the Lakers-Clippers round three matchup? First, it's a Laker town, and it will always be a Laker town. True. That's just the way it's going to be. Those kids grew up Laker fans because their parents were Laker fans. So... I don't think it's ever going to change. The Clippers have to move from LA. They, they just can't play in the same stadium, in my opinion. And I don't think it's an overreaction because I think that LeBron is really, he's my MVP right now. And the fact that they just went on this two-game run where they beat the two best teams in the NBA and he closed them out and did everything he could, I think it just it proved, it, it was a huge statement for me that the Lakers were probably the best in the NBA at this point. I I don't like the recency bias. Everything I've seen over the weekend has just been, look at LeBron. He took down the Bucks. 
He bodied Giannis. He took down the Clippers. Marcus Morris was the guy who was supposed to be the little bronze stopper, and he just mm-hmm. bullied uh, Marcus into submission. Like it was a very great weekend for LeBron James. Yeah. That is very much true. However, Giannis over the course of the whole season and the point differential, not having to play fourth quarters because he is just dismantling everybody on a nightly basis for him mm-hmm. to have not even a bad game. Like he still had what thirty and seven <laughs> that loss on Friday. Like it wasn't even like he was bad. Like, like Kawhi struggled yesterday. <laughs> yeah, like the, he he was fine. Giannis was still really good in that game. It's just they it was close, and the Lakers came out. Um, it's still Giannis. I I think LeBron is making a nice push. I think it's still crazy that he's doing all this at age thirty seven. Like Ramona Shelburne had a really good anecdote to start her piece on ESPN this morning um about lebron getting up at like it was kind of a reminder because i don't even remember a lot of this and i don't see a lot of this stuff from lebron on social media but like i've I've forgotten that he built a gym uh or a basketball court on the set of warner brothers when he was filming space jam 2 last summer and he was up working and he was doing that while filming and he was getting up at 3 30 a.m hitting the gym working on his game and all that kind of stuff to get back after last year's last year and it's clear that like he has taken this year to heart of just missing that last year and to prove that he is still the best for at least a couple more years. That's all great. I just, it's still the regular season and it's still, we'll have to see how this all works in the postseason. We'll have to see what Kawhi is like in the postseason. We'll have to see if he, there's another level. He's like, you know what? Did play my best. Guess what? Not going to happen in, in um, the Western Conference finals. And we'll have to see what Giannis is like in the finals. But I, I just, I think it's too much of a reacting to a really good weekend. I think two things can be true. LeBron had a great weekend, but Giannis has had the better season. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I see I see your point. But, like, for Kawhi, for instance, he came on late in the game. Paul George had a great first half. He had a yeah. really great first three quarters. He didn't play well in the fourth. Yeah, but, he had, what, like two points in the fourth? Yeah, but the fact that they were 0-2, the Lakers were 0-2 against them, and it was like it was essentially a must-win, in my opinion, for the Lakers to beat the Clippers at least, like just to make sure they're going to lose those season series, the regular season series. I just, I don't know, I just feel like, especially after All-Star break, those wins are far more important than the stuff before because everyone's making that playoff push. They're trying to get better, get into, I guess, playoff form for real. And that's why I think it felt like a real playoff game yesterday, man. It felt like it felt like you were watching a Western Conference Finals game one. Like it really had that energy to me. And I started I watched most of the first half at work and it's on mute and I was still feeling that same energy without even hearing the crowd or anything. So when I finished the game at home it was it just kind of validated everything for me. So I see it's it is a whole season and LeBron I mean, Giannis has been spectacular all year. Like you said, he's been destroying everybody. All that stuff, uh, but I just think that just because of the time, uh, the timing of it, and just how they won the game, I just thought that it just was, I guess, much bigger of a deal in my opinion. These two wins, it meant a lot to me as a Laker fan, especially too. I don't think we're yeah. going to remember any of this in June. I don't think anyone's going to remember LeBron beating the Bucks in the Clippers. Kidding. They the talk about weekend. they talk about the, the regular season matches all the time in the playoffs. This season, 
Kawhi played 50 games last year. Yeah. Nothing. We, I don't remember anything about Kawhi Leonard's regular season last year. Nothing. I don't no think one he expected, had one moment. He expected Toronto to do anything. Not like but, that. Like, the whole thing. I mean, I picked the Raptors. I know. I was finals yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, 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 I don't know if you know this or not. That. No, but um, <laughs> I regret saying. I that said on this podcast. Uh, I don't know if you oh, know this. So let me remind the listeners and you. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I had the Toronto Raptors winning the finals the summer before it happened. Go on. Just finish what you uh, were before you interrupted yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but back to what you were saying. Okay, I, I, I'm I'm lost now because I I'm I'm just still mad I brought that up. <laughs> what that I okay so um, <laughs> it seems like you're still a little unsure about what I said. Um, let me let me do it one more time. Oh, the, uh, the Raptors won the NBA Finals. This this past summer and uh, mm-hmm. the previous summer, I had predicted that the Raptors were going to win the finals. When everyone's huh? talking about the Celtics and yeah. the Bucks, everybody else like, oh, the Bucks are a buzzsaw. They're yeah. the, uh-huh. the Raptors can't do it. No, no, no. The the Raptors did it, and um, I I said they would. Yeah. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Okay, cool. People Good forget Noah. <laughs> People don't forget Henry. <laughs> <laughs> you know who doesn't forget? Bing Golliver of the Washington Post, who reminded me on the podcast uh, like a couple months ago that he's like, I remember that you were the like the only one that I talked to was like before the season. All all Raptors all the time. Very steadfast in my belief. Did I give you a stiffy when you when you said that? Oh dude. 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 <laughs> dude. <laughs> you can only imagine how happy you were to hear him say that. But I was in his mind while the finals was going on, like, oh, that guy called it. Uh, what an NBA savant that Chase Thomas is. This is what one sentence just did. What were we talking about? Look, you're on this whole other tangent, and I don't even remember what we were talking about now. Oh, it was, it was, you know, one's going to be talking about, like, Kawhi Leonard played 50 games last season. That's yeah. What you oh, God. LeBron just, it's great. LeBron plays more minutes per game than Giannis. But guess why LeBron has to do that? Because Giannis is done after the third quarter most games. Like, he's already wrapped it up. They've already curb stomped whoever they're playing. They're on a Warriors-like pace. They Mm -hmm. Okay, so Giannis is averaging more points per game. He's averaging Mm -hmm. more rebounds per game. He's averaging a higher true shooting percentage. He has a higher PER. He has a higher win share. He has Mm -hmm. a higher real plus minus. He has a higher win percentage. He has a higher win percentage against 500 teams or better. The only thing LeBron's got him beat in the regular season right now is assists. And that's because LeBron is playing point guard for the Lakers. Yeah. Here. That's it. Like, I love LeBron. It's great. Him backing down dudes and just being like, I'm going to impose my will on a big weekend. He clearly had this weekend circled on his calendar. I think that's another yeah. thing where it's like he knew for a while that like, oh, I got the Bucks and the Clips in the same weekend. Back, All right. Back. Uh, this, I am going to do everything in my my fucking power to just be the best. But like, it's still Giannis over the course of the full season. I just, I don't think there is still a case for what Giannis has done for the, the entirety of 2019, 2020 that LeBron can pass. Like, I just, I don't. Yeah. The MVP is a regular season award. So yes, I will say that, but I think it's not a weekend, a a weekend in March award. Yeah. when When it comes down to playoff time, like, I, see, I could just see LeBron doing what he did this weekend in the playoffs. Uh, granted, I'm not 
every game, best of seven, obviously. But uh, he's showing that they they can beat these teams when it comes down to close games and stuff. Because both games, I mean, they're tight. They're great games. So I just think that L.A. had enough. With especially, I mean, like that the Bucks game, A.D. had a terrible first half, right? He had it with 30. So it was just like, you said Kawhi had a bad game. Well, A.D. had a bad game against the Bucks, and they still, he still ended up getting the win and playing really well in the second half. So I think the Lakers have... Yeah. But here's my thing with the Bucks in the playoffs. Who is going to be the second guy? Oh, it's Middleton. I just don't think she's enough. Like um, Paul and Kawhi, obviously, we got to have their one-two punch. LeBron and AD are obvious, but I don't think... I mean, because it's, it's all about Giannis this year. And Middleton, I just don't think he's enough of a complimentary piece to help them win a championship. Yeah, I think ultimately I wish they would have upgraded the, the Bledsoe spot, and they, mm-hmm. they didn't. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just looking ahead. I still think they're going to the finals. I think they're going to breeze through the Eastern Conference, but they are going to walk into a buzzsaw against the Lakers or the Clippers. I, yeah. just, I don't think they, I'm with you. I don't think they have a shot at beating either yeah. of them, but um, I think the Rondo stuff is going to eventually bite the Lakers. I do too. And I cannot stand it. I need Vogel loves Caruso it. He was like, I always I feel good with Rondo out there after this game. And I was like, I Rondo was bad and he's playing 22 minutes and then ugh, I, I don't like it. Shots he shouldn't be taking. Like, I mean, I'm cool with the wide open threes that they're leaving you open on, but you know what? But Alex Caruso out there on those wide open threes. He's going to hit those a little bit more than Rondo. And I just, I just like what Caruso does off the ball. It's stuff where he's not even going to get the ball. Just, just, it just makes me mad when Rondo's on the court. I don't know. Like, I was talking to someone at work yesterday about it, and he's a Lakers guy too, and he's just like, I can't stand watching Rondo, man. He just, just, just shouldn't be out there. It doesn't feel right. Especially not at the same time as LeBron. At least with the bench or something, you know. I just didn't, I, don't, I don't think they need to be on the floor at the same time at all. But that's Vogel, man. Vogel loves vets, and when you think about it, like Green had a goose egg yesterday, but it seemed like he played well for a goose egg. Bradley obviously shot really well and played yeah. really well. And they've gotten random guys like Green went off in one of the Clippers Lakers games. Yeah. Um, Kuz went off the other one. It it seems like. So what's interesting is that I think the Bucks can win even if Giannis has an okay game. Like they can beat a lot of teams because of their shooting and defense. Like they'll be able to survive a couple of those. Mm-hmm. The Lakers can't survive if AD's really good and LeBron is having a bad game. Like they they can't survive. I think they we've just seen the on off splits and we've seen like what this team looks like when it's AD and friends when LeBron's yeah. either not playing or not good. They're just they're gonna, they're very beatable, very vulnerable. Um, the Clippers, I think, a little bit different in that regard. Where if Paul George goes off and Kawhi has a average game, the Clippers still have a very good shot at winning that yeah, game. Um, I trust the role night. players just a lot more. I don't yeah. like the the bench still. I I just don't in LA. The Clippers bench? Oh, the Lakers bench. I, I, yeah, I love the Clippers bench. I Clippers do not like the Lakers bench still. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Just LeBron in the playoffs, he's he's going to play most of the time. So. I'm interested to see, though, if... So the way they close, that's the biggest thing, is that like the first two games against the Clippers, they were not able to close. Like They, they played really well early on, and then the Clippers just shut that shit down. Yeah, and that was part of the reason we were like, the Clippers 
are better built to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series is that they have two guys who can create their own shot on the wing, and they're mm-hmm. going to have their ball in, the, in their hands a lot more, than AD will have the opportunity to do so. Um, and we just trust them more in the half court as shot makers more than LeBron. Then you look at how LeBron scored and like what they were doing and just backing guys down and getting inside and finding ways to the lane. Like it wasn't like they were shooting the Clippers out of the fourth in that game last night when they won that 14 six run that kind of opened things up from a four point lead to a 12 point lead that Ooh. happened in the course of like six minutes. The only thing the Clippers were able to do was, uh, Montrezl follow up, uh, dunks and stuff like that. But like the Lakers, if you looked at the way they scored and the way they closed that game out, it was just bullying. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's sustainable in the playoffs when it, intensity picks up when they're really getting after it and Kawhi and Paul George are really locked in. I guess my biggest question for the Clippers is like the, the Lakers look at their inside presence and they're like, Oh, that's what we can do. Like AD and LeBron and guys like that. They're going to back them down and find cutters yeah. and stuff like that because Trezel is going to probably close for the Lakers and Zubac is not going to be out there. And they just don't really have that five that just intimidates anyone down low. Like yeah. it, it, that's my one concern. I think with the Clippers right now is that the Lakers have figured out that they could bully them inside. Like they're just going to be down low, drive in, draw fouls, get follow ups, and all their bad role players are just going to cut their ass off. Like KCP. I feel like that's how you win playoff games, though. When you have like this, it's, it's old school ball in a way, especially in the playoffs. Yes, very old post, school, and that works. So I, I can 100% see that working. They're going to go to the line. 80 is going to get fouled. They're 85% free throw shooter. Like they're they're gonna that that's that's what they want to happen. You know, like LeBron loves the fact that he has a low post player because it's going to be, I guess, more sustainable in the playoffs than outside shooting and stuff. That's the we'll stuff see. you do. When you, that's the stuff you do when you can't hit shots. You know. So yeah, I think I, I still think you need to mix. Yeah, of course. So you want to have balance, but the fact that they have one of the best options to do that is a huge thing to me for when they get to the playoffs. So I'm excited Maybe. for that, honestly. I, I, I feel bad for other fan bases at this point who are going to be in the playoffs because everyone's going to be fucking pissed off if we don't get Lakers-Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. If like the Nuggets take down the Clippers in round two. Like everyone's just gonna be like, "Wow, fuck the Nuggets! I don't don't want any of this. I don't want Lakers Nuggets. Like, not at all. We want the two LA teams in the yeah. Western Conference Finals. That's what we want. Nobody Absolutely. wants the Rockets there. Nobody wants the Jazz. They're all cute. They're all nice. But like, no, 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 no. no. We we need you to go home. We yeah. Jokic, you're cool, but uh, gotta go. We're, we're they'll good. be they'll be okay. They'll be okay. They'll give us some good series before the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it's just interesting right. because like. Just it seemed like everybody was locked in on Lakers Clippers yesterday, and everybody is just ready for those two to just go to war. Um, if it doesn't happen, it will be very disappointing. Like even the NBA league office is probably already salivating at the ratings of having those two oh teams in the Western Conference Finals. Think about it. Yeah. If you get oh, that, man. and then Giannis either Giannis versus LeBron or Giannis versus uh, Kawhi in the finals, like that's that's the dream scenario. Everything else is secondary, and you're like. Ugh. Don't want that. After those, after those Warriors run, obviously ratings were going to drop because the Warriors were so loved. Like that's the best case scenario for the NBA. To keep playing, playing the guys as much. Yeah. So that's what um, I, I think yeah, I mean that's that's what I want to. Uh, yeah. The Rockets. 
Man, some bad losses. The Knicks, the Clippers, the Hornets, and the Magic. Longest losing streak of the season. I feel like Russ has been really good still. He's averaging 30, I think, in February. In this, in this run. In this, uh, yeah. So, is this Russ's best year of his career? You could make the case. Like, if he'd been doing this all year long, like, I think had they moved Capella in the offseason and they had Rocco for the full year and they were doing small ball for the full year, yeah, it's probably no question, I would say. Because... I was looking at it. He's he's. This is definitely the most efficient season he's ever had. Granted, it's not that hard <laughs> considering how inefficient he's been his whole career. But like the fact that the shot, obviously, the shot, the shots he's choosing is a big part of it. He's really only taking layups and a little bit of mid range stuff. But he still seems really dominant at times. Like he's. His athleticism seems like it hasn't gone down at all. It's kind of amazing. Because how old is Russ? What, 32? Is he 32 now? Is he 31? He's younger than that. I could be wrong. But I think he's like 30. He's in his 30s, though. Yeah. He's 31. Yeah. Pretty amazing watching him, man. I just feel like he hasn't lost a step at all. I don't know why I was expecting it to happen. I guess. Because he's in his 30s. But James has been really bad on this little stretch, too. I don't know. He, uh, for how hot he was starting off, it's kind of. I mean, we should have expected him to cool down like this, right? It's it's weird though because like you listen to the post game stuff from last night, and I was his answers were just like, "Yeah, this is rock bottom. Yes, we don't really know what's going on." But then you have Dan Tony, who very clearly said after this game that he said that his team is passing up open threes. And they're driving too much. Like that's what he said's going on. Like he's, they're getting good looks again, but they're not taking them because they've been cold. Like the team shot like twenty something percent or something like that from three in March or post All Star break. Like they're just shooting like shit. And when Mm -hmm. you're a team that is so predicated on shooting threes and getting to the rim and drawing fouls, I think they're just like spooked from. I think there's something about like if you play basketball and you see your shot just miss seven times in a row, multiple games in a row. You start to lose confidence and you we see it. Like guys will start like you'll yell at someone in pickup who passes an open shot to drive mm-hmm. and kick, or in it'll be like a turnover and a dumbass play. And you're like, why didn't you take that? It's because in their head they like they saw the go- they they saw the brick the previous mm-hmm. two or three chips up the floor. And it's just there's something human about Damari Carroll probably hitting the front of the rim nine times in a row that he's like, no, I'm good. Because Damari Carroll, I swear to God, I've, every shot I've seen him taking a rocking uniform has fallen just short of the rim. Like he's just, it's like his knees are gone. And I think there is just a thing where when you were, when you're taking 63s a game and only nine are going in for a stretch, you're, you as a team are looking around like, uh, have you run out of gas? Like I just, when so many guys are missing, I think this is what happens. But like before this, they won like six straight. And yeah, they're, they're I think hot. this is the new this is the new Houston, is that they're they could beat anybody for a six game stretch and they could lose to literally anybody in a six game stretch. That is who they are now. 
the, the definition of living and dying by the three. Like this is yes, this is what we're seeing right now, and it's. According to BPI, there was literally only a 0.5% chance the Rockets would go 0-4 in that stretch we listed. 0.5. Because they started with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. And then finished with the Hornets. I'm like, that Knicks lost start. I, when I, I didn't watch the game. I saw their loss. I watched the whole game. God. It was a terrible. They just missed it. Was... That's the game they went like 1 for 13 and then 0 for 20 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Portis right. was out here showing them up. It was... It's weird. <laughs> so, do you think that they can make a run in the playoffs? Yes, like an absolutely. actual an actual run, though. Like, can, can, can I mean, not a finals hot. run. Okay. No, but I think they're gonna they could upset anyone. Like, I would still not want to play the Rockets. Yeah, in, in the series. Like, what are the standings right now? I think they're a six seed, which we can get into. Which uh, friend of the pod somewhere in the house, Dunk. I'm sure is happy about this because would you like to guess who is ahead in the standings right now of the Houston Rockets? The Thunder? Yes, the Thunder. Oh my passed. god, they are. They've won eight of ten. They're forty they and twenty-four. Beat, they just beat the Celtics yesterday. Yes. So they are up on the thirty-nine and twenty-four Houston Rockets right now. Wow. Chris Paul ahead of James man. Harden in uh, on March 9th. <laughs> who had that before the season? No one had them in the playoffs. Crazy. Is that it group weird? of Schroeder, never... Chris Paul, and um, Shea is just, it works so well. I can't believe that threesome is as yeah, dominant they have the and best, as fun. They have the best starting five, right? Well, they don't start, but yeah. No, that the, the, cl- the, that the, closing the five, five the of him, rotation, Adams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That closing five is it's just, it's cool to watch. Yeah, they, they dropped some stat because um, on the Celtics game and Scalabrini was like, I can't remember the number it was, but their five man rotation, whatever how they scored it, uh, was like this is like the number they're putting up is like when LeBron and the Heat were running together and stuff. <laughs> like, damn, <laughs> who who thunk it? I'm like surprised Billy Donovan's actually a good coach. Uh, I just didn't expect him to be a good one. Yeah, been surprising this whole just that team. By the way, since you know I'm looking at my laundry, this is a real side note and probably way too much information, but there's ink blots. <laughs> what? There's ink blots all over my drawers, which is fine. That pen did some damage. Wait, really? From like today? <laughs> I've done laundry like twice no, 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 since I, then. It's I, good. This is, I haven't put my clothes up in, uh, sitting in this hamper clean clothes for a while but not too long but yeah i like pull, pull oh, so it may shit, not have been mine it may not have been for my stuff i don't know who else blew up the pen uh i <laughs> not my best work but if it makes you feel any better like i said like i said <laughs> i lost multiple pairs of good jeans Four i lost multiple, jeans. like i lost a lot of shit so you know what and i cleaned everything i possibly could i, I know i saw the I, clean job i was like oh this is actually pretty good it doesn't look like there's anything in there yeah i did my best i just hope i didn't lose anything nice but i just want to let you know thank you so that <laughs> uh, for anyone who did not know noah just uh confirmed that some of his uh his briefs got uh some ink stains on them one of my Hawks shirts, too, that I got at a Hawks game. You know what's weird? Well, my Hawks workout about. shirt also got ink spots all over it. Maybe it's because you're talking too much shit about them. 
I mean, they you know, deserve a lot of shit. Unless you're Cam Reddish, who is playing Improve, quite well. But improving. Yeah. Ooh, I'm glad this got brought up. I'm going to talk to you about it. He's actually yeah. been playing good basketball, man. And it's hard he when was, you have Trey Young with a 32% usage percentage. Like <laughs> it's, looks it's like hard he's like to be good, right? Like his I don't know game, about that. He's still like 19 years old, but, no, but he his, is. No, his game looks more mature compared to when he first started. When he didn't know what the fuck was going on. It just seems like he yes. actually is taking better shots. He's not, not forcing things as much. His, the drives to the rim are much better. Like I've, I've actually watched a couple Hawks games recently for some reason, just because. And it's just they're they're not fun to watch to me either right now. But Cam's been a nice little bright spot for him. He's got some Paul Georginess to him. Oh my God, I'm gonna fight you. He's got some Paul Georginess. He just does. No, I'm no just shit, tell you. Sherlock. That's literally he's been compared to all the time. I've been saying this since day one, and you're like, no, never. No. <laughs> God no. I was like, Paul George was not supposed to be Paul George when he came to the league. It took him multiple years. To no, come. hold on. I was in on the Fresno State product. I, I knew it right away. Paul oh George, Mr. Fresno. He's going <laughs> to... Watch, watched all those Paul George games. No, like, yeah, it was the same I'm a big uh, Mountain West guy. Love me some Mountain West uh, <laughs> January basketball. Exact same situation where, well, Paul wasn't this bad to start, but he wasn't good, you know? He wasn't a quality NBA player yet. And it took him a while, man. It took him about three, four years before he really got his name out there. He started the two guard because Danny Granger was a small forward. Now he's Paul George. So Cam, that's Cam's ceiling. That's what, that, that was my whole point. Ceiling. Doesn't mean he'll get there, but that's the potential that he has. Even There's a pen in here. I found it. Huh? Yeah, I found a pen. Oh, what kind of pen? Is it a G2 Pilot? Yep. Oh shit, that's mine. <laughs> is it from? That means you just never. Did you ever pick the actual pen? Yeah, I took out? the remains. Yeah. Well, there's still. I'm looking at the tube that actually has the ink in it. Did you pull that out too? Oh shit, that might be it. That's it. Yeah, there it is. We found it. Well, these are on my okay. workout clothes. I think I'm that's not... enough evidence to say that I'm responsible. <laughs> yeah. They're on my workout clothes. I'm not tripping, but uh, I did lose some. I'm not going to lie. Out of anyone in the house, glad it went on yours. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Because uh, I think I'd hear a motherfucker if it was dunk. From... <laughs> yeah, I don't get as mad about things. So. And then maybe a cola. Fuck! Um, something like that, yeah. I, I think uh, the right person. Uh, and then got, found my you'd email. also hear you a bitch, and then you'd be like, "Yeah," <laughs> you'd say, "I'm sorry." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> Cole is forgiving. He's pretty quick to forgive. Yes, good, yes. good traits. Good traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, dunk might take a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, um, James Harden, by the way, shooting 31 percent uh, from the field in the last five games, 20 percent from three. Uh, since the new year, 2020, not been the year of James in the beard. Yeah. He shot 39% from the floor, 30% from three. So he's just dipping. Like, it's getting worse as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the Rockets, like, I've watched a lot of him this year. I don't I don't think he's playing any worse. Like, he's just missing. And he's it's just... missing, yeah. I, I think he's, like... It, the weirdest thing about watching Harden, though, is 
he is so programmed to take the efficient shot that that man will not take a mid-range, even if it's wide-ass open. He will not take it under any circumstances. Like, that New York game, he had a couple, and he just won't do it. Like, he will refuse. And I'm one of those people who still think that, like, Kevin Durant's talked about this, where, like, there's five or six guys that still take really efficient mid-range jumpers and should take it, especially if you're, like, you're trying to get back in the rhythm. Where, like, Kawhi will do that, and it works really well. That's his shot, man. Yeah. AD? Um... That works, but like Wait, Harden is like nah. AD should never do it. No. What I love AD's mid range. I don't oh, know. No. Like the Clippers yesterday wanted AD to shoot oh. mid range jumpers. They were daring him. They don't want him inside. They don't want him at the top of the key. They don't want high pick and roll. They don't want AD anywhere around the rim. But they are totally okay with AD taking mid range jumpers. They were fine with it yesterday. They were. Fine with Rondo shooting, and they were fine with AD shooting. Like, mid-range shot opened up the three he hit in the Clippers game. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, that's what I'm saying about Harden, is, like, Harden is different than the rest of the superstars in this league, where he's not even thinking about that kind of stuff. He's not thinking about, like, working his his way back into um, good shot selection by, like, just, all right, I need to see the ball go in. Even if it's a mid-range shot, I just need to see it go in a couple times, and then I'll back back up. No, he's like, nope, not doing that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's Rockets ball, though. I mean, Russ is the only one really taking mid-range shots. And, and he's not like even doing that just, really anymore. He's just cutting. Like he's, he's just all cutting, he's doing is yeah. cutting and driving and getting to the line. Like he is mm-hmm. playing a different brand of basketball. Like it's not good for him at age thirty-five. Like none of this works in a couple of years. But like for this season and next, <clears throat> you know what's funny too is he's, like, playing the perfect way uh, the Lakers could use him. Like, if the Lakers were able to afford Russ, this iteration of Russ, can you imagine yeah. LeBron just backing down bigs or small guards and Russ just flying to the rim and teams worrying about lobs to AD and just backdoor cuts for Russ all day long? Like, that, I don't know how you defend that. It'd be tough. Kind of impossible. But they could never afford Russ on that. No, I like Russ. Don't get me wrong. I just, I like not rooting for him at the same time. Damn, this is a good one. I just lost. Um, but yeah, so the Rockets, I think right now they're a six seed. And if they get matched up with the Nuggets, I think they'll probably go down in that series. I don't see them being Nuggets, but I also, I, I want them to get the jazz because like they're in the jazz heads and they just mm-hmm. own Donovan Mitchell in that group that I kind of want to see them sweep the Jazz out of the playoffs just to see well, like, how the Jazz react to that. Well, wait, I just want to see how the Jazz react. Okay. I was like, what? Why do you hate Donnie, man? I, Donovan's fine. I like Donovan. I don't like Rudy, though. Yeah. I also don't really like about watching not the Jazz the play. Yeah, they're not that fun either. And I, I just, just I love a good curb stomp. And if... Harden and that group just shoots them out the gym multiple days in a row. Like they're just up one thirty to seventy six midway through the fourth, three out of four games. Just I, just, I don't know. Wrong with you? <laughs> I, I want this more than anything. Like Quinn Snyder just like losing his mind, looking as evil as humanly possible. He's turning on the bench. into like an actual supervillain. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Gobert complaining that PJ Tucker is fat, like doing whatever to keep him from getting lobs you at the rim. I'm like that's. I'm kind of on this page. I'm, I'm kind of on this boat with you now. Right. 
Like Rudy Gobert whines so yeah. much. If you watch him play, like he thinks he should be posting up like Shaq all the time. Like his body language, atrocious. From what Terrible. I've seen, yeah. and like I lost, I lost pretty much everything for him when he cried after not making the All Star game. Man, I'm in front of report. Like, are you kidding me? Make any sense? Yeah, I'm not a fan. You're a grown ass man. Got my nerves. Good player, <laughs> but uh, thinks he's a little bit better than he is. I think. Yeah, and that's the other thing. He's not that good. I mean, he's not, he's not, I'm sorry, but he's not as good as he thinks he is. Right. You're, you're really good at one, you're really, you're great at one thing. He really loses it when he thinks he's open on a lob. Like, I love the videos of him just like <laughs> slapping his, his, uh, his knees when he just doesn't get anything and they don't throw it up to him. And it's just like, dude, you're, you're Rudy Gobert. You're really good, but you're, you're not that good where it's just, oh, you should be demanding the ball all the time. Um, the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson every weekend. We're starting to get more reports. There was a good piece in the Athletic today with Shams and the Nets beat writer, mm-hmm. um, profiling what happened over the weekend. Zach Lowe did a post, uh, a blog, bleh, a not a blog, a podcast with um, Kevin Arnovitz, um, about everything. And so to that on the way home late last night, but it seems like Atkinson lost the locker room. He knew yeah. he was going to lose the locker room. I didn't even remember his press conference he did before the season where he's just talking about, like, I'm on borrowed time, basically. Like, he knows that the clock's ticking and all this kind of stuff. Because when you sign two top 10 players, and this is what I wrote about that you can read on chasonspodcast.com slash page 11. But I wrote about how this is what happens to super teams. Like, you saw Spo, and they brought this up on the low post last night, that, like, LeBron tried to push Spo out early. Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron pushed Blatt. Like, they're... Pat Riley enforced like, no, you're keeping Spo. Like this is happening. And it ended up being great and Spo's top five coach and all that kind of stuff. But like we see this over and over again. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard to be the head coach of a team that didn't have any expectations and then bring in a top five, top ten superstar, and in the Nets case, two of them in the same offseason and expect to be able to keep everything rolling the same way. Like, it's just, it's different. Like, you're not in the, I wrote it, like, this is what I said. It's like, you're not in the culture business anymore. Like, they were with Karis and Dinwiddie and being the young upstart. You're in big business now. Like, it's just a different world and a different game. And it's it's better if you're the Nets because now you can really compete for a championship with those two next year. But, like, if they're not happy, sorry, guess what? You got to move on because ultimately Kenny Atkinson does not win you a title. He doesn't matter all that much in the grand scheme of things. And I know that's kind of cold and callous in terms of how we look at head coaches in this league, but this is reality. Like eight guys matter. Kevin Durant is one of those eight. You make him happy. If he's like, cool, I'm, I'm good moving on from him and I'm going to get my own guy. And like their relationship wasn't great. Like, guess what? Got to move on. It's Kevin Durant. Like he matters exponentially more than like, you already have the best player in your franchise's history. Like getting Kevin Durant is almost impossible. It's very hard to do. You have him on your roster. You got Kyrie Irving on your roster. Like you do those things that really suck. Like you have to swallow a lot of pride. You have to make the hard decisions to appease those guys because guess what? Those guys are the ones that are going to win you a title. Like Dan Gilbert had to appease LeBron James at every turn, ship all the young guys out. They just did this in Lakerland. LeBron was like, nope, sorry, Lonzo. Ingram, everybody's got to go. Got to get AD in here. Got to get Boogie in here. Got to get um, Avery Bradley in here. Got to get Rondo in here. Got to get my guys. All vets. Stuff. 
stuff like that. Remaking the locker room in his image. Guess what? It's working out. LeBron mm-hmm. has the best team in the West right now. Like you just when you have superstars like that, the Rockets do it with James Harden. Like they've appeased him at every possible turn. They've been really good for a long time. They almost won a title with this. Like if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they won a title by building around James and doing whatever James wants. Like this is how it works. And I think that's okay, but I do think it there's just going to be collateral damage. And this is the first example of that collateral damage in Brooklyn. More is going to happen. Like they're going to trade Levert. They're going to trade Dinwiddie. They're going to do some tough stuff that is going to make a lot of people like, oh, I miss those young, fun Nets teams. Now they're not as fun. It's not going to be as fun having Kyrie in your locker room in January. It's not going to be as fun to have Durant and Kyrie just be as moody as they'll be next year and the ups and downs of the season. But guess what? All that matters is the playoffs. Like You have them on your roster, and if they're healthy, they can win you a title, and this is just part of the game. When you're in the game, this is part of it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I just... Because Kenny Atkinson, would you consider him a good coach? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that Kyrie had a lot to do with it? Because you kept bringing up Kevin, but I I feel like it's more so. Well, the reason I bring up Kevin is so this is from the athletic piece. Uh-huh. The Nets held a spirited team meeting, according to sources, starting with several yeah. veterans expressing that they wanted to see Spencer Dinwiddie play like the player they know. And later, with people in the room calling out Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan. Then Mm -hmm. perhaps the most critical thing of all happened. Sources say Durant chimed in, pointing out that the Nets must Mm -hmm. improve their habits and that they were not building the proper culture traits necessary for a title contender. That stands out to me. Mm -hmm. I felt like this Nets team, I mean, they're, they're fun, you know? And like, I just felt like, Kenny Atkinson was part of that fun. So it was just a shocker to me. And the, I guess Kevin and Kyrie are the biggest differences. And it's just kind of the math says that mesh well with certain guys and gets them removed. It's just like Boston was a great example. He got, he get there and he kills chemistry and that Boston team's not nearly as good last year as they are. They could have been. So I just feel like, Maybe we'll hear They're some more. They're also not good for young players, right? Like Tatum doesn't blossom this year without with Kyrie there. Like I think it could have happened last Kyrie, year, though. Yeah, yeah. But I'm okay with that because guess what? Those are two like alphas who just it's the Trey thing in New, in Atlanta where it's like Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter are not going to be worthwhile because Trey just gobbles up too much oxygen. Like he's has a 32% usage rate. Steve Nash, his highest of his career in Phoenix was 22. Like, it's just, it's not the same type of player. And it's really hard. There's only so many possessions in a basketball game. And when you have a player who's gobbling up a third of them, it's just really hard to develop into a star when you don't have the ball in your hands that much. And it's hard to have Dinwiddie, Lavert, Kyrie. Like, it's it was always going to be tough. And that's what they talked about a lot, is that Kyrie is someone who just needs to play around veterans. He's already won a title. He's not going to yeah. help develop young guys. He's not going to help Joe Harris become a better player. He's not going to help Karis LeVert be a superstar. He's not going to help Torian Prince. He's not going to do any of that. Like That's part of their thing was like they were annoyed at how Kenny wanted a kind of a collective, We you, you get a shot, you get a shot, like as spread out as humanly possible shot selection thing. And you have guys on your roster now where it's like, that doesn't work anymore. That works when yeah. you have Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, and everybody that like the equal opportunity offense. 
But when you're in Superstar Land, it's not how it works. Like Kevin Durant, even with the Warriors, even with the Warriors, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm still getting my mid-range shots. I'm still getting the most. I'm still, this is my team now. Love Steph. This is my team. And Kyrie has that same imprint where he's like, yeah, Tatum and Brown could be cool. But guess what? I'm Kyrie Irving. I'm going to take shots. I'm going to do stuff. And we're going to live and die by me. And Brooklyn's about to start living and dying by Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant. They're just, that's part of it. It just, it sucks. But I think Kenny, if he could do it all over, is probably like, I probably shouldn't have been as, been based on what it seems like in the reporting is that like he was too headstrong about keeping what made last team, last year's Nets team work versus Mm -hmm. adapting to, the new superstars being there where it's like, sorry, Jared Allen may be better than DeAndre Jordan, but it's a lost year anyway. So I'm going to play the political game and just start DeAndre for the full yeah, year. Yeah. I was thinking that too. It was like, you got to make DeAndre happy, that kind of thing. Cause first thing Jacques right. Brown did was start DeAndre Jordan, right? Yep. First thing right he away. made. And it was like, you got, yeah, Jared Allen can come off the bench cause he's young. We've got to earn it. But then it's like, that's what made me, I, I started thinking about like, how would I, how would I coach in that kind of situation that I would do it. Kenny Atkinson, <laughs> I feel like your best guy gets, should play, right? The best guy, your best guy should start the game. In a perfect world, yes, but this world yeah. is not perfect. And I think if you want to survive, especially in Brooklyn and this world, you've got to play the, you got to play politics. And yeah. I, I would have started DeAndre, especially in a lost season because they're not competing for. Anything. They're not doing like, anything. You, yeah, <laughs> nothing changes by starting DeAndre for the full year because KD is out for the year. KD's out. Nothing yeah. matters. Just keep your three guys happy that came together. They were on a FaceTime call at like 3 a.m. when they decided to go to Brooklyn. Like, you <laughs> knew that DeAndre would have a lot of sway in this locker room. And yeah. you still didn't start him. I, I just, I think that's silly. Because you could have just given him the JaVale treatment, right? Give him his yeah. 12, 14 minutes, let him start with the guys and close with Jarrett. You still could have done that. And I'm sure DeAndre would be even happier than what they did where he was coming off the bench. I think guys care more about starting than even finishing. Yeah. Because you get, yeah, that start. You tally the starts, you know? And it just feels good. You get to do the intros. You get tip off. It just, Mm. I I think guys like saying I'm a starter. Yeah. That's why those six men are such, the good six men that close out games. Like Lou Will, man, valuable. He doesn't give a shit. As long as he's playing. But he started his career as a six man. Like that's who he's always been. DeAndre's always been a starter and a rim roller and all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't think like, I don't think JaVale is as helpful as a bench guy. I think there are certain guys that just give them that thing. Remember Ben Wallace where he, they would throw him the ball on the first possession of a lot of games to give him an inside touch, to get him motivated to do all the work they need him to do on defense. They knew that was a bad shot that he'd probably take and everything, but it's like, let's keep Ben happy. Make your big guys happy. Yes. I do it in pickup all the time. So they stop running on defense. I'm like, no, no, no. Right. Get you. You're going to get your touches. Don't worry. You gave DeAndre Jordan a lot of money. Like, you have yeah. to keep this dude acclimated. You have to keep him engaged and happy because guess what? He's got Kevin Durant and Kyrie's ear. I, just, exactly. I think it's bad, just bad politicking on Kenny Atkinson's part. Yeah, I agree. It's just that he just. He did what he thought was right, but you got to, like you said, it's why I fucking hate politics. You got to play the game in this situation. Yeah. Very true. But now he'll know for the next one because I think he'll get another job. 
Hawks. I really Bring think Will Pierce is not going to get that job. I, I don't think Pierce is long for this job. You don't think he's going to be in Atlanta long? Based on what I can tell about the ownership group, I, I think expectations are way too high this year. And I think next year they're going to overpay for a lot of people because they just have so much cap space that yeah. there's going to be a directive from the top down that like you have to make playoffs. And I don't think this is a playoff team next year. No. So I think not I would, I, if I had to bet, I'm not a betting man. But if I were, I would say Lloyd Pierce is not in Atlanta past 2021. Yeah, the Hawks have to get somebody really good to make the playoffs. They have to get an actual star who can create his own they shot. They need more veterans. Like they just, yeah. Young teams don't win. They just yeah, don't. Vince Carter is like the only veteran, right? Dwayne Dedman. I mean, they got Dwayne Dedman back, which wrote about that in January, and they trade back for him in February because they went into the season with Alex Lynn and friends, and they were just all atrocious. And Dwayne Dedman's actually a really good basketball player and helps you yeah. with games. And, um, yeah, so they, they read it, they're wrong, but they, it took them a little too long. Uh, did I just rhyme unintentionally? Uh, of the current playoff matchups, um, we'll wind down here. Um, what interests you the most? What series is the, the most for you? Uh, i trying to think. I mean, anyone the Lakers playing, I would love to see Lakers-Grizz just, I mean, if it's right now, yeah, yeah. Just because I like watching Jaw, and that team is just fun because they got you know you know players they got they got good they got fun guys. <laughs> uh, other than the Lakers, I would like to see the Rockets. So wait, the Rockets are sixty. That means that yeah. So it's Rockets eight. Nuggets it's Thunder, right now. The playoffs right? oh, started today. Oh, it's five. It's Rockets Nuggets Jazz Thunder. Damn, I was really hoping it'd be Rockets Thunder. That's not gonna happen though. No, that's that. That seems very unlikely at this point. I know Clippers, Mavs. That one would be fun to me. I would like that. Um, my favorite right now is Sixers Celtics. You said who's Celtics? Because the Sixers own Boston. Oh yeah. And I, this Sixer team is extremely frustrating. They're thirty-eight and twenty-six, playing five hundred basketball right now. So are the Celtics. Bad loss last night, but I would I really want to see what happens in this series between them because I could see it going either way. And if you see like if Boston goes down in round one to Philly, just the fallout from that versus if Philly and Joel Embiid just eats Boston alive for a seven game series and Philly makes it out and gets yeah. Toronto in round two and they beat Toronto and then they get the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. We get Giannis versus Embiid. Like that kind of stuff is all fascinating because. Pacers heat, I don't think is going to be a big thing because Old Depot is just not there yet, and yeah. they're starting to get injured. I think the Heat will get through that. But then Jimmy versus Giannis in round two, that is that is fun. I don't think they can beat them, but I think Jimmy's going to make Giannis work for every little bit of that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. So I know you like to bring up the past, and uh, mm. who was your Eastern Conference Finals pick this year? Who? Who's the contender? Who did you have at the beginning of the season? Uh, the Indiana Pacers, who a lot of people did not have even making the playoffs. Yeah. They're about to win 40 games. They won eight of their last 10. Uh, Mm. The Pacers are a very good basketball team. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just, if Olivo is healthy, yes, they are. 
if yeah, NBA, NBA Oladipo, yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault that Oladipo did not come back 100%. This is not my yeah. fault. Yeah, I just brought up the pass. So I just wanted to do it again. They're seventh in defense in the league, and they're mm-hmm. 17th in offense. A healthy mm-hmm. Oladipo gets him in the top 10 in offense, and that's a title contender. Oh, I don't disagree with you, but I don't think they go to the finals. Did you see that Jeremy Lamb just how many did like the all the stuff to his knee and him taking the shots after he did his Kobe thing where he took the, Crazy. Uh, the free throws? Crazy. But, like they announced like Kobe, he tore like every ligament Everything. in his knee. You could have just said knee just gone, knee broken. <laughs> it was like all the tendons, right? And then yeah, he hit both free throws, man. You love to see it. He walked off too, right? Yeah. That's a tough son of a bitch right there. Because I would have, I would have Paul pierced it and got carried out. Got me fucked up. Wheelchair yeah. and everything, man. We know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Fuck Paul Pierce for that. All right. All right. Well, that's all I have. Noah, do you have anything else you wanna you wanna get off your chest NBA wise before we get out of here? Lakers winning it all, man. I'm convinced. Okay. I was a Clippers pick, and now I really think LeBron's going to do it. He's he's not going to get MVP, and it's going to just motivate him even more. And they're going to go on tear. I'm excited. At least get another ring, baby. (laughs) Or the Rockets don't miss a three for three weeks. Uh, No, they're going to miss a lot. A lot. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's all from me. That's all from Noah from Ponco. Go to Ponco. Eat Ponco. Like nine thousand locations now, right? I think it's up to nine thousand. Close. Close. Mm. Four, but five and six coming too. So we're getting there. There you go. All right, Noah. Um, I will see you around the house in a little bit, and uh, talk to you soon. Always fun, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Root Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.